Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Open your Bible to Matthew chapter number 17. Last night we talked about 2017 a bit, and I don't want to reteach what I taught last night in its entirety, but I do want to hit four key points really quickly on what you can expect in 17. Number one, you can expect miracles, signs, and wonders to manifest in your life. If you've never heard the voice of God in your spirit, in your heart, you can expect to hear from God in 17. If you've never had a dream that you know was from God, you can expect in 17 to begin to see those different things. We've come into a season, uh, the Lord spoke to me in November, we've come into a season of an open heaven, a time with no restriction Uh, There's no restriction. There's no interference between us and heaven. And it's going to be a very powerful time. And let me just say this. uh, Everybody is not going to experience it. But those who are expecting God to do something good, this will be a banner year for you in the name of Jesus. Give God a hand of praise like you receive that. Number two, it's going to be a year of extreme generosity. Extreme generosity comes from childlike faith. It comes from believing God at His Word. It comes from believing God that as we make room for Him in our life, when we're more generous with our time, when we're more generous with our our love. What What do you mean by that? I mean, any old heathen can love somebody that loves them. I'm talking about can you love your neighbor that hates you. I'm talking about can you be kind to the person that you shouldn't be kind to. I'm talking about can you, uh, the person at work that drives you crazy, can you have something nice to say about them knowing they are not going to have something nice to say about you. It's going to be a year of extreme generosity. And as we see that generosity grow, it's going to be a year of extreme effectiveness. We're going to see different things shift and move. Number three, we're going to find, uh, many of you are going to find rest in 2017 a season of rest a season where you will still get more done you will still accomplish more but you're going to experience rest 17 might have been plagued with trials and tribulations and issues and problems but 2017 is going to be a year where you're going to experience rest and here's something, in, in, up north you don't have to teach this because they're, 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 up north things are just different. But down south, a lot of, a lot of times we have kind of that, 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 you know, that real get-her-done mentality. Can you say get-her-done in church? <laughs> you got that real get-her-done mentality that, oh, just work till you can't work anymore. And if you sleep past 4 o'clock, you know, you've wasted half the day and you better not go to bed before midnight. And, you know, just that kind of, a, that kind of an attitude of just grind and go and go and go. Well, the creator of everything that is and was and ever will be created everything you've ever seen in six days. Then the Bible says he rested on the seventh day rest is the place where God recharges you rest is the place where God the Bible calls it edifies you 
It's the place where God uh, uh, finds a way to inject strength back into you. And, and, and rest, uh, by the way, is not wrong. Rest is not wrong. I'm going to teach throughout 2017, I'm going to teach you how to build margin in your life. Some people, uh, you, you know, the, the reason that, that, that your car has a red line on it where, where like you got so many RPMs and then you go and then there's a red line, that's because if you go much past that red line, something bad's going to happen. So there's a margin there that you're not supposed to tap into. That margin is there is to protect the whole thing from blowing up. You see what I'm saying? So we're going to build some margin in our life. We're not going to uh, be, be controlled by what somebody else thinks about us because we're going to believe what God says about us and we're going to have so much margin in our life for, for our own confidence not being found in what we're capable of but the confidence that we find ourselves in Christ who said that we're more than a conqueror. We're going to have margin there. So when somebody says something bad about you at work or your sister-in-law calls you and says it or your mom calls you, your dog calls you, whoever calls you and says something bad about you, you're going to have so much margin it's not even going to touch you. Let, let me give you another example of margin. Uh, I like to go bowling every now and then, and sometimes we'll take the kids bowling, and they always ask, do you want to put the bumpers up? And I'm like, absolutely, I want to put the bumpers up. Are you kidding me? I don't want a gutter ball. What that does is that produces some margin in your life. Now you can sit up there, and uh, uh, the idea of, 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 a, of a trapeze artist going and doing a trick without a safety net underneath them they're not nearly as bold and brazen as they are when they have a safety net because that safety net gives them some margin that if they were to miss the mark it's not going to terminate them you see what i'm saying we're going to build margin in our life number four uh it's going to be a year of over and beyond everybody say over, over. and beyond it's going to be a year of over and beyond. You're going to experience things in God that are far bigger than you've ever experienced before. You are going to experience more of God, more of who He is, more of the kingdom, more of His power, more of His grace, more of His opportunity, more of relationship, more communication, more conversation with who He is. You're going to experience things in God that are far superior. They're over and beyond everything you've ever experienced up to this point in your life. So 2017 is going to be a banner year. It's going to be a year of an open heaven. The body of Christ is going to see extreme increase. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So uh, I think we could all agree that there's enough sin in the world to go around. So now that we know that there's sin in the world, we know that grace is going to abound even higher. If you receive that, give God a big hand of praise. So moving into 17, we have an opportunity. I'm a huge fan of new beginnings. I'm a huge fan of, of new opportunities and fresh starts. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, like, like I, I've said this time and time again, I'm like the king of starting a diet. I love a fresh start. I love something new. I'm the king of, of, of starting to work out. I am the king of, of, of a fresh start. And so in 2017, though, we're going to start the year off with a recipe that God establishes for you and me that so positions us for success because there's things that have been hanging on to you in your life and on you that sometimes we don't even know it. 
Let me give you a, a case in point. We were, we were uh, uh, I guess it was about three years ago, uh, two years ago maybe, and, and I, I had developed, and I didn't even know it, I had developed this, this, this crick or something in my neck. And, and I didn't even really know it until I went to look to my right one time and, and I just, you know, kind of turned like that. And Crystal said, what's wrong with your neck? I said, nothing's wrong with my neck, babe. What are you talking about? She said, well, look at me. I'm like, I am looking at you. She's like, look the other way. I'm like, I am looking the other way. She goes, well, can you turn your head? I said, I'm turning it like crazy. What are you talking about? And I realized I had something wrong with my neck. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So finally I go, I get checked out and they, they do all this stuff. They pull and, and poke and pop and do everything that they're supposed to do. And I, I start to take care of myself a little better with, with, with stretching and things like that. And before you knew it, I can turn my head again. But I didn't even know I had a problem. Sometimes in our life, we don't even know what we're carrying around. We don't even know that we can't move like we should move. We don't even know that we can't uh, shift like we should shift. We don't even know. But the Bible says that when we find out what those things are, that we should lay aside every weight that holds us back. Then it says this, and the sin that so easily besets us. In other words, a weight in your life doesn't have to be sin. It can be sin, but sin is not the only thing that will slow you down. Sin is what will send your soul to hell if you don't know who Jesus is and accept Him. But a weight, can, can it might not affect your eternity, but it might affect how fast you can get from where you are to where you're going, whereby destroying your effectiveness. So we're going to lay aside every weight and those weights we we just set them down and some things are are easy to lay aside Uh, let me give you an example like if i wanted to really show my commitment to god i could i could i could hand i could i could lay down a few things that would be easier than others one would be this i could commit right now and i don't even need to pray about it i could commit right now that that it for the year of 2017 i will never and i mean never i will never just for the lord now just to show my commitment i will never eat one piece of broccoli all year long this is this is easy for me this is not a difficult thing. I can just lay aside, but, but if we had like a weight set up here, that would be like the size of a pea. You know what I'm saying? I'd be laying aside a weight, but the weight, it wasn't holding me back, you see. But then there's other things. There's that sorry, stinking attitude you got. I'll look up when I say it. There's that sorry, stinking attitude you got. I do that because I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about them. I'm talking to the mirror as much as I'm talking to anybody. There's that sorry, stinking attitude you've got. And for years, year after year after year, you've wrestled with it and you've tried to do something about it. And you've tried, but, 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 and sometimes you like get it under control just for a little bit. And then something pops up. And that one thing that, that, that really throws you off and throws you for a loop, it happens again. And now you're sitting there, you're going, oh man. And then you, then you say something you wish you hadn't said. And then the next day, you're, you're, you're going and you're going to your husband and your wife. You say, I'm so sorry. I wish I hadn't said that. And they love you. So they forgive you immediately, just like they. They've done a hundred times in the past, but the reality is, is you wish you hadn't said what you said. You're just carrying some stuff that is weighting you down and holding you back. 
Sometimes it can be an iniquitous trait. Iniquity just means something that, that, that it's on the inside of us that it's a, it's a tendency to do wrong. It's a tendency to do what we wish we wouldn't do. And sometimes it could be passed down from our parents or our grandparents. And sometimes it skips a generation. And sometimes it rubs off on you from a coworker. Sometimes it rubs off on you from a school teacher or a coach or something you used to have. And, and you've got all these things in you that you're, that you're trying to figure out how to work through them. And you don't realize they're actually weighting you down. And then... It, in the moment when you wish you wouldn't do it, you do that thing again. You don't have to be bound. There is a way to truly be free. And Jesus tells us very clearly with a two-part recipe how to make it happen. And it's real simple. It's called prayer and get this, fasting. Now fasting is something that, that, you know, typically when preachers like me uh, preach on fasting, there's usually not a lot of shouting. There's not a lot of, yeehaw, I'm so excited. I, I, matter of fact, the other day, uh, Crystal was sitting there and, and, and she said, well, let's do a, let's do a thing and we'll, te- we'll invite everybody to come to church. And I said, okay, great. So she's, I'm, I'm inviting everybody to come to church. And all of a sudden, she, she's videoing me on, on the phone thing. And she says, she said, why don't you tell everybody what they're doing? And, and I was like, why would you do that? And, and what she wanted to tell, I was making cookies because we're about to go on a fast and I'm trying to get all my cookie eating done before the fast happens. Because fasting is not that fun of a thing. It's not like a, it's not like, hey, yeah, glory to God, it's going to be the best year of our life and God's going to open the windows of heaven and the Red Sea's going to part and we're all going to walk through and there's going to be angels everywhere going up and down. It's just going to be amazing and I can't wait to do it. Fasting is more like this. I'm dead serious about God and everything else is subordinate to that. Fasting is like I'm setting my jaw and I'm refusing to move. Some of you, God put a very tenacious spirit on the inside of you and you thought you had to set it aside when you decided to live for Jesus. That's not it at all. That tenacious spirit is designed to be used for Jesus, not against Jesus. It's designed to turn you into a bulldog of faith that no matter what happens, you refuse to not walk in love. They may talk about you, my, they may talk about your dog. They may talk about your kids. They may talk, but you're just going to be so set and so tenacious in faith that you just refuse to say anything bad about anybody else. It'll change your entire life. It will change your entire lineage. It will change because let me tell you something. Our kids don't do what we say. Our kids do what we do. And when we're living for God for real in front of them, and we say, no, I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to blow my top. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to respond to the world like the world responds to me. Now, all of a sudden, you become, you become a, that, that becomes a precursor for you seeing the move of God in your life. It's a shift. It's a, it's a change. But fasting is not something typically we get really excited about. But fasting is one of the most powerful, powerful opportunities that you and I have. Because when we do, when we decide to fast, those levels of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abstain from eating broccoli, that's not even like a real thing, okay? That's not, by the way, if that was what you were thinking about fasting in January, just repent, it's not a real fast, okay? But the little stuff, sometimes we can just do it. Sometimes things just fall off. But sometimes we wake up 5, 10, 15, 20 years later and we still are dealing with the same issues and they go out only by prayer and fasting. Jesus says in Matthew chapter number 17, or the scripture says that they came to Jesus in verse 19. 
they came to Jesus, the disciples did, privately. And they said unto him, how come we couldn't cast this demon out? In other words, they had been trying to pray and cast and speak to this issue, but the issue wouldn't move. And they came to Jesus privately and said, Jesus, it's always worked before. How come, what, how come this is not listening to us when we tell it to go? How come when we pray, we're not seeing what is going on? Jesus, what's going on? And Jesus sits there and looks at them and he answers them real uh, quickly and, and, uh, and, and, and bluntly in verse 20. And he says, because of your unbelief. Now, I don't know about you, but the Lord speaks to me pretty bluntly when he speaks to me. Sometimes I'll say, oh God, how come this is happening? And he'll just say it just like that. Oh, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. He goes on in the same, in the same verse to say, look, if you had faith just the, side of a mustard, just the size of a mustard seed, you could tell a mountain to get out of your way and the whole mountain would move. But you, you just got uh, this unbelief that has, that has penetrated the situation. You have unbelief. See, the reality is, is unbelief is, is, is almost kind of not a thing. You, you really, you, you, you are believing in something. The question is, what are you believing in? See, if you have kids, you don't have to teach your kids how to believe. You just have to teach them what to believe. A kid comes here and most of the time believes that a rabbit jumps around one Sunday a year and puts colored eggs in a basket in their yard. They just believe it. They, they, they believe that a fat man in a red suit uh, rides around on a sleigh pulled by eight tiny reindeer, lands on their roof, he slides down their chimney, he drinks their milk and eats their cookies, then he puts a bunch of bread. They don't have to be taught how to believe. They just have to be taught what to believe. In other words, when, when you have a situation or a circumstance, it's not whether or not, if you're a Christian, it's not whether or not God is going to move on your behalf. It's whether or not you believe His Word and you believe what He said or you believe these circumstances. It's whether you choose to believe what God said about your situation or whether you choose to believe what you're seeing about your situation. Because they're coming a season and time in this generation where those open heaven that we're living under, God is looking to and fro and He is trying to find the people who when all hell has broken loose around them, when the flames and fire is coming up on all sides, they still stand there and they say, my God can deliver me and He will deliver me. But if He does not, I'm not bowing today. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a bulldog faith. It's a I refuse to move faith. It's a this, this thing is so real to me. It's more real than my next breath. This thing is so real to me. I'm not even going to eat Popeye's chicken for three weeks. Wait a minute. See, that's where, I'm, that's where that, 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 that ADD comes in. It's so real that everything in your life is subordinate to your relationship with Him. Because everything doesn't have to work out if you're in relationship. Every, I remember several times in, in Crystal, Crystal my life, we, we've, we've, we've had businesses from the time we got married and uh, uh, just, just several times we've had to make these what seemed to be gargantuan decisions in our life. And we would pray about it, and I'd be like, man, I just don't know. I, I think this is the right thing to do. We think this is the right thing to do. But at the end of the day, it would always come down to this. It would say, well, Crystal would say something like, well, if anybody can do it, you can do it. And I'd be like, oh, glory to God, hear that woman talk. And she'd say, she'd say, if anybody can do it, you can do it. And I said, yeah. 
And I say, man, I said, well, I'm going to try real hard. I'm going to do everything I can do. She said, I know. She said, but if, all, if it all falls apart, we still got each other. And I would think, oh, my goodness gracious. She's exactly right. All of our condition may change. All of our circumstances could falter. But if I still have relationship with her, I don't care so much about the details. You see, it's the same thing with the Lord. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because death is not scary. No. I will fear no evil because I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof. No. I will fear no evil because it happened on a Tuesday and not a Thursday. No, I will fear no evil because it's 2017 and not 2016. No, I will fear no evil because I've got it all figured out. No, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. It's who you're with that determines where you will go. The scripture says that Jesus said, uh, if you had faith uh, as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say into this mountain, and oh, by the way, this is the East Texas version. It says, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Verse 21, he said, you need to have some faith. However, this kind only leaves by prayer and fasting. There's some things you've been hanging on to or, or things that have been hanging on to you. And the only way that they're going to let go is legitimate prayer and fasting. The only way they're going to let go is legitimate prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Matthew 23, 23. We shouldn't do one thing and leave the other undone. Prayer and fasting. If you don't have an active prayer life in 2017 and for the, no, the next three weeks, you're going to develop an active prayer life. You're going to spend 30 seconds in the morning before you brush your teeth and you're going to thank God for what He's done in your life. I want you to write down three things you're believing God for and then I want you to pray for those every morning for 30 seconds. I just want, oh God, I just, I thank you for saving me. Now I'm asking you to help me take care of this. I'm asking you to help me stop doing this. I'm asking you to help me do this. In Jesus' name, amen. You do that for 21 days in a row. Number one, that 30 seconds is going to turn into five minutes. 10 minutes, then you're going to be driving, and instead of listening to uh, your favorite disc jockey in the morning, you're going to have praise and worship music on, and you're going to still be praying, and instead of worrying about all these problems, now you're going to be thanking Him for every problem that He's already brought you through. You see, an active prayer life changes everything, but then when you really want to go nuclear in the Spirit, you begin to fast. And fasting, I'm not going to tell you what to fast. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you exactly what I'm going to fast. I'm just telling you, for 21 days, I want you to set something aside that you feel when you don't do it. Some of you, it, it, it might, it might uh, be like Daniel did in Daniel 10, where he set aside uh, meats and sweets and, and bread and uh, he didn't. He, he he just set it aside, and and literally, uh, uh, while he did that, the Bible said that he prayed, and that prayer sustained an angel that brought him an answer. Could be that. Some some of you, it, it might not be food at all. You might have food whooped. You might have that uh, 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 ready to go. It, maybe it maybe it'll be. You know, you're just going to be off of the internet for 21 days. <gasps> 21 days with no internet. 
Maybe you work and you have to use the computer. And you say, you know what, I'm going to do all the work I need to do, but I'm not going to turn my computer on when I go home. Some of you, it might be, I'm going to turn the TV off. Some of you, you're not going to watch Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> so, some of you, you're, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna decide that instead of uh, spending, spending that extra time on Netflix, you're going to find some time and you're going to pray. You're going to find some time and you're, you're going to commit to be closer to God. You do this for 21 days. We're going to start tomorrow. So everybody's got a 24-hour or not anymore. you got like a 12-hour notice now. And by the way, the way uh, uh, Hebrew time works is the first day starts at sundown on the day before. That's just for future notice for you guys because it'll get real important towards the end of the fast. I'm just going to give you a heads up. But you're going to lay something down that you know. You're going to lay something down. And what happens is simple. Whatever you feed will grow. And whatever you starve will die. And we are going to starve our flesh. We're going to starve our doubts, our unbelief, our insecurities. And we are going to feed our faith. And as we do, there's going to be some things in our life that fall off. Some of you are going to see some prayers answered with family members. And I'm just getting this real strong, so just excuse me just a moment. 2016, for some of you, was very hard, what was very rough, uh, was, was full of uh, uh, turmoil. But I sense so strong the Spirit of the Lord right now saying that He is bringing a season of peace in your life that's going to include new relationships, new opportunities, and it's going to be easier than you think it should be. But 2017 is going to be that year of an increase of peace. But in your life and my life, when we choose to fast, when we choose to set things aside, now freedom has an opportunity to blossom in our life. Because the little stuff that you can just pray or you can just set aside even under your own power, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about having a relationship with God that is more tangible than the, table, than the chair you're sitting on now. Because it is our unbelief that causes things to be hesitant in our life, that causes things to slow down in our life, let me put it just a little bit different when I was in college I had this roommate named Joey and Joey was like five foot eight so he was like you know six or eight inches shorter than me but anyway he was five foot eight and we're sitting in our dorm room one day and and he says to me he says did you know did you know that I can slam dunk a basketball and I said to Joey you can't slam dunk a donut, Joey. 
He goes, I can slam dunk about. I said, Joey, you cannot. Sl- you couldn't slam. My, my little brother, Robert, he had a little basketball goal in his room like this big. You couldn't slam dunk that. You'd have to get on my shoulders to slam dunk the little playhouse basketball goal that you get at Toys R Us. You can't slam dunk. In- you couldn't slam dunk about with a step ladder and some scaffolding. You couldn't slam dunk a basketball. And Joey's just looking at me. He's like, bro, I can slam dunk a basketball with two hands behind my back. I said, Joey, you are not telling the truth. He said, well, let's just go to the gym. I said, okay. So we go over to the gym. We get in there, and there's the rack with the basketballs, and he picks the basketball up, and he starts stretching. And I said, there is no need for you to stretch. You are not fixing to slam dunk a basketball. He said, I'm about to show you something that's going to blow your mind. I said, Joey, give me a break. He literally does a little running, gets himself warmed up, and then all of a sudden he goes, you ready? I said, yeah, I'm ready for you to maybe touch the bottom of the net. And he goes running, and he jumps up, God is my witness, turns around backwards, and with two hands, slam dunks that basketball, holds on to the rim, and looks at me, and he's like, how you like me now? And I was like, well, if I hadn't hadn't seen it, I wouldn't have believed it. Thomas, in our Bible, he has a bad nickname. We call him Doubting Thomas because of one encounter. And maybe that's how you are. Maybe you made one bad decision and that's the label that everybody's put on you. Or maybe that's the label you put on yourself. In 21 days of fasting and praying, that's coming off. Literally, uh, Thomas wasn't there one of the days that Jesus showed himself to the disciples. And all the disciples said, hey, Thomas, you wouldn't believe it. You should have seen Jesus. He was here. And Thomas said, the only way I'm going to believe that Jesus is there is if I stick my hand in his side and I see the scars in his hands. And Jesus shows up. And Thomas is there. And Jesus walks over and goes, hey, Tom, want to stick your hand in my side? You want to see the scars in my hand? Could you imagine the amount of conviction that Thomas must have felt in that moment whenever literally Jesus had risen from the dead for him and he doubted what his friends were telling him. And Jesus looks at him and says, Thomas, you believe because you've seen, but I'm telling you, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. You want to be blessed in 2017. You believe when you can't see anything. It was cool to see my friend slam dunk that basketball, but I'm certain he would have appreciated it more and he would have understood that I trusted him if I had just believed him at his word. And Joey, he's just, he's just a man. He could tell something that's not true. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie, which means if God says by his stripes you are healed, I don't care what your symptom says, God says you are healed healed if God says you are blessed in the city and blessed in the field I understand uh, sometimes it feels like your money's not touching and agreeing the Bible says I'm blessed therefore I cannot be cursed I refuse to believe what I see over what I know to be true from God's word you wash the unbelief out and faith comes in you wash the 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 stinking thinking out and faith rises up on the inside of you. And it doesn't take much, just a tiny little bit of faith. 
just a little old bitty mustard seed of faith and you can tell all the mountains to get out of your way. You say, what do I do if the mountains don't move? You tell the mountain again. You see that the problem with the devil is he is by nature a lawbreaker. The enemy of God is by nature a lawbreaker. There are laws of God that you and I are protected by, but he is constantly breaking them. The law doesn't stop somebody from robbing a bank. The law tells them they're wrong and then brings the penalty when they're finally caught. But sometimes the enemy may try something in your life and you're sitting there saying, Mountain, get out of my way. Mountain, get out of my way. Mountain, get out of my way. And it may take some perseverance before that thing moves. Here's four things that fasting does real quick. Four things, lock in. Four things fasting does. Number one, fasting starves your flesh, literally and figuratively. But it starves your flesh. All the stuff that's around you, all of the, 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 the issues and the, the stuff, you, you see, your, your taste buds can even change. You can begin to desire spiritual things. But sometimes we got to get the flesh out of the way. Have you ever sat down to read a good book and you just, you know, you got, you got, you got, you got like an hour into it and you're like, I can't believe it's been an hour I've been reading this book. But you purpose to read your Bible and 800 things will come into your mind that you should be doing. That's because your flesh is warring against your spirit saying, don't read that book. And your spirit's going, oh man, that's... If I could just get a little bit of that word, I could get built up because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So literally, you're sitting there and this, this battle's taking place. So when you fast, you're telling your flesh, you're not running the show. Some of you, your, your emotions and your feelings tell you how to act. Did you know you're supposed to tell your emotions and feelings how to act? I'm not saying they're not real. I'm just telling you they're not the boss of you. And sometimes you've got to remind them by crucifying your flesh daily, the Bible says. Number two, fasting restores focus. Sometimes in our life, a a little bit of focus can go a long ways. Fasting reminds us what's important by eliminating the static. Have you ever been on a phone call and all of a sudden you got interference and you can't figure it out, you're breaking up and you're like, oh man, I can't hear, I can't hear. That's the same way with the Lord. The more interference we have, the harder it is to hear. He didn't stop talking. The Bible said, Jesus said, uh, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, God will speak to you. God will speak directly to you. What will he say? He'll say exactly what you need, exactly when you need to hear it. To those who have ears to hear. He never says, if God has a mouth to speak, every word that proceeds, it's us that has to tune our ear to the right station. You, you can decide what you hear on the radio. It's the same thing with the Lord. You just get rid of the interference. Number three, it teaches you how to endure. There'll be some things come up in your life that you're going to need to endure. 
you're going to need to go through them. And fasting teaches you how to endure through something. You say, what if I start the fast and, and I fall off the wagon and I miss the mark? The Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but bless God, they get back up. Which means in 21 days, you can fall seven times. That's every third day you get to cheat. Just kidding. <laughs> We're in the business of trying to get close to the one who loves us, created us, and rescued us. And one of the things fasting does is it teaches us how to endure. Number four. Fasting destroys strongholds in your life and replaces them. You see, it's one thing for a stronghold to be removed, but if you leave that area vacant, there'll always be something trying to come in there. That's why the Bible says, idle hands are the devil's workshop. How I many of you ever been at the house with your kids or your grandkids and everything's loud and banging and everybody's happy and whatever, and then all of a sudden it gets quiet and you go, what are they doing? Because <laughs> idle hands. No, we're not going to remove something and leave it vacant so that literally the next uh, uh, vice or the next issue or the next bad attitude or the next doubt or the next whatever has an opportunity to just come in there. No, we're just going to fill it with the word. That's why it's a two-part process. It's, it's fasting and prayer. So we're not just going to do away with one thing. We're going to bring another thing in its place. Fasting removes strongholds in your life. It reminds us that our confidence is not found in Him. Excuse me, not found in our own abilities, but our confidence is found in Him. So I could have some issues, I could have some problems, but my confidence is not found in who I am. My confidence is found in Him. And as you draw close to God, the Bible says He draws close to you. So these 21 days will start tomorrow, will end on Sunday the 22nd. Some of you guys may decide to keep going. Well, bless God with your halo. I'm stopping on the 22nd. I'm just letting y'all know. But we're going to fast. I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to write down three things that you pray for every day. Make it four. I want you to pray for this church and your pastor. I want you to pray that we will have such wisdom and effectiveness this year that as we've come into this season of an open heaven, that we see God move in supernatural ways. But fasting sets things aside. It clears the air. And there's no greater time than the first of the year to completely reposition. Give God a big hand of praise. Matter of fact, stand to your feet. I'm done teaching. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.